Hello, this is Gideon Rothstein, and this is Perak Yud Gimel, chapter 13 of the book of Mishle, of the book of Proverbs. And I want to begin with an apology for uh, yesterday and perhaps uh, many of the previous chapters. I hope you've been uh, enjoying them, but I heard myself yesterday really rushing to try to get in as much as possible, and I realized that, that is always a mistake that people make, and especially with the Vilna Gaon, who is so rich in the discussions of Mishle, there are so many things he wants to say, and I easily hear myself ending up losing by virtue of trying too hard or trying to put in too much, and that is an error I will try to resist in the future, and I will try to keep a better watch on that, and so I want to apologize for that. Today, it being a day in which we do Rashi's commentary, Rashi is, in fact, rich enough that we will not do Malbim today. We have in previous times that we've seen Rashi, we've done Malbims as well, but Rashi has plenty to say, but it is of a manageable level, and therefore we can still go Pasuk by Pasuk, but it might happen that um, in future chapters, I will always read and translate all the verses, but I may choose not to comment on some in order to tease out the fullest ramifications of some of the comments. In any case, Pasuk Aleph, Ben Chacham Musarav, Velates Lo Shama Ge'ara. A Ben Chacham, a wise son. So Musarav, um, so the JPS has it as a way that Rashi has it in his Yesh Omrim. Rashi has in the Yesh Omrim in the possible second possibility, Bishvil Musar Ha'avu Chachamim. It's by virtue of the discipline of the father that he has wise, and that leads well, that connects well to the second half of the possibility, which says that a late, a bad son or a son who doesn't listen well, Lo Shama Ge'ara, never heard his father's discipline, and that's why he never accepts Tokachat. The first uh possibility Rashi had in this possible Ben Chacham Musarab is that the the son is a Chacham by virtue of the fact of, I'm sorry so this is what the JPS really has um, no that not by virtue of the fact that was the second possibility and that's the JPS I apologize the first possibility is that Shoel Ve'ohev Musarab it's a Ben Chacham is one who likes his father's discipline is always seeking his father's discipline this is one of the paradoxes of discipline while it is painful at the time it is Assuming that we're not talking about an abusive parent or a parent who's doing it for his own or her own personal reasons, it is in fact what leads to a child's uh, improvement and a child becoming better. And that's true of adults as well. It is our acceptance of admonishment, rebuke, constructive criticism, whatever terms you use. And we saw this in the previous chapter as well. So that is Pazak Aleph saying that the wise children are the ones who either seek it or at least accept it and are shaped and productively grow by virtue of it. So the English has a man enjoys good from the fruit of his speech, but out of the fruit of the treacherous comes lawlessness. A good person, you'll get that. But uh, the the traitorous, or the, the treacherous, the traitorous will have Hamas. Now Rashi here does an example of something we've noticed before in Rashi, also in the Vilna Gaon. So one of the themes I have for today is the parallels that we're seeing because they're writing 800 years apart, 700 years apart and yet some of their themes are very similar to each other and from very different world perspectives. In any case, Rashi says Mishar Torato Yochal Tov Be'olam Hazeh V'akir So Pre-Pi'ish not just his speech which was the JPS had, right? The JPS has a man enjoys good from the fruit of his speech. For Rashi, the fruit of his speech is the Torah that he studies and that gives you good in this world and good in the next, next world whereas Bogdim are those who like Hamas or just like uh, robbing things, and therefore they're not going to get anything other than the fruit of their negative activities. Pasuk Gimel, Notzer Piv Shomer Nafshu Posek Sifatav Mechitalo. Somebody who watches their lips, Notzer Piv, 
he who guards his tongue preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips it is his ruin. So that could have just been in general about some kind of evil speech. But Rashi, all he adds here is, And I note it because it is an example of something we saw in the previous chapter as well. The idea that the wise person is somebody who does not share all that is inside of him with those around him, but picks and chooses when to say what to which people. And in which situation? So, if you're going to guard yourself by virtue of guarding your speech, that is for Rashi a question of picking and choosing what are the appropriate things to say and when. So, the JPS says a lazy man craves but has nothing, whereas the diligent shall feast on rich on rich fare. So, karutzim are those who try hard. So, a lazy person doesn't get anything. So that's the way Rashi has it. He wants a lot, but he doesn't have anything because he doesn't try. Whereas Yisharim, who eat the work of their hands, and this is interesting because in the previous chapter we had noted the whole idea that maybe by eating the work of your hands you would just get Olam Haba, and that was what the Yitzhahara and the Revilna Gons reading would suggest to somebody to leave it aside. So Rashi says that's the Pshat. The Pshat is that's what this means and this Pasuk means, that if you work hard and you work and you live off of what you work, then you're going to be happy. According to the analogy part, right, the extra meaning that Rashi assumes is there because it's Mishle, he says that is that the Atzel, who doesn't bother to learn in this world. So Rashi is again another example of Rashi converting the Mashal always into being or often into being about Torah study and the value of Torah study and the importance of Torah study. The Atzel is lazy, not only in general in earning a living, that was the open, obvious meaning. The Mishlei meaning is that he also, in terms of Torah, won't do it. And then Rashi understands that in the future, the door will close on that possibility, and he won't even get a chance to do it as well. In Olam Haba, he won't be able to. So that is a piece of the puzzle to factor in. It's that there's a there's a limit to this. It's not always true that, well, if you just learn your lesson, you'll be able to make up for it. There comes a time when it won't be true anymore. Pasuk Hei, Devar Sheker, Yisna Tzadik, the Rasha Yev Ish V'yachpir. Right? So, that Tzadik will hate a lie, whereas the Rasha, the evildoer, will accept it. Yev Ish V'yachpir et habriot v'kach. And he will then use that lie to... You know, the JPS just has, is vile and disgraceful, but Rashi has Yav Ish V'yachpir, is he'll do it to other people. He will cause troubles and problems and and, and worries and... and uh, Problems and trouble. Sorry, I don't know what the other word I was looking for was, but for other people by doing this, and this is a theme we focused on before, but Rashi has it as well that it stems from a lack of truthfulness. Whereas a tzaddik hates the lack of truthfulness, and that is in and of itself an issue for the tzaddik. So tzaddik a person who goes on the right path who walks in the right in the right path, it'll be protected by his righteousness. Whereas wickedness, according to the JPS, subverts the sinner. So means like a chote, and because he is uh, a fully evil person, why would you call him chatat, which really means sin? So Rashi says it's because he is really so full of sin that that's what you call him. And what the point is that his evil will turn him off the right path and will eventually cause him to fall and he will 
uh, be destroyed, and evil will come to him by virtue of evil. So that is the suggestion we've spoken other times in the context of Mishlei to note that Mishlei seems to talk about this happening in this world, and then you have to wonder about when it would happen, when it wouldn't happen. So is a prediction that eventually, at least, the world will pay back the righteousness by protecting them, and will pay back the evil by them getting evil, although we don't have a sense or a guarantee of time frame. Puzzle design. Yesh mit asher ve'en kol mit roshesh ve'honrav. This also it's a pasuk, a type of pasuk we saw in the previous chapter. That there are those people who display themselves as being rich and they don't have anything, whereas there are people who display themselves as being poor but they have a lot. And Mishlei seems to be preferring the second kind. So it doesn't mean in the miserly way of they refuse to use their money. They mean in the way of they don't. They're not ostentatious with their money. Um. Rashi says that, but then he says another possibility is that it means there are also there are people who are poor at the beginning and eventually become with wealthy, and then there are people who start out wealthy and they eventually become poor. And so, in that reading of it, the idea would be to warn you that don't think that just because you're rich now that you'll always be rich, or that because you're poor now you'll always be poor. So, yeshmita shevein ko would either be don't don't demonstrate wealth that you don't have, or don't think that just because you're rich, you'll always be rich. And then one more possibility for Rashi is, Other possibility is that if you are mit'asher, meaning you make yourself wealthy, but in a way that you shouldn't, so then you should expect that you will eventually end up with nothing. And then there are those people who are mit'roshesh, by giving away their money, they make themselves poorer and poorer, but they really have lots and lots of wealth waiting for them because they have the wealth of all the tzedakah that they did by giving away their money for tzedakah purposes to people who needed it. So, uh, the, the wealth of a person is a, can be the redemption of your soul, according to Rashi, if you do tzedakah with it. So wealth has a great value, according to Rashi. Now, there are probably other values to wealth that we can think of, but Rashi is focusing on the value of wealth as being, even if you're not the best person, or perhaps don't learn as much as one should, or don't develop your character as much as you should, or whatever, but you do a lot of tzedakah, Rashi seems to think that can, in fact, help tip the scales in your, on your behalf, in your benefit. How fully, we don't know. But whereas Rash, lo yishma, a poor person, lo shama ge'ara, um, as long as, as long as he doesn't, Rashi, sticking with the tzedakah theme, that this will only be good as long as you treat the poor people that you're giving the tzedakah to nicely. But if you give it to them and then you're mean to them, that will be a problem. Another possibility, and this is following in very well with Rashi and the whole theme of Torah as being what Mishlei is really focused on, Rashi says, Ashro is Torah to. So, kofer nefesh, ish Ashro, a person's Torah, a person's knowledge of Torah, can save him from a full judgment by Hashem, whereas a Rash, but Torah, Lo will never listen to rebuke. He doesn't understand how to avoid his evil because he's never careful about it. Um, then one more possibility. So, so far Rashi has done it monetarily, that it could be about staka and giving staka as long as you don't mistreat the poor you're giving them to. could be about Torah, and then the poor means that the poor person doesn't know how to admon- listen to admonishment to rebuke. And then he says, and then a Midrash has it on Machatzit that the Pasuk says that the Dal and the Ashir, the rich man and the poor man, are similar to each other. So when the rash, when the poor person comes to give chazi uh, shekel, he won't hear a ge'aran. He'll say to him, why are you giving so little? Meaning if you have an appeal for some terrible communal need and everybody is pushing themselves to give, I don't know, let's pick $100. And $100, $100, $100, the guy gives $2, 
somebody who doesn't know him well and doesn't realize his financial situation might yell at him. Whereas when it comes to Maxi Shekel, that won't happen to anybody. And the, but at the same time, the rich person can get Kofar and Afshel, because that's how Maxi Shekel is described, with, again, only a half a Shekel. So that would be what the puzzle would then mean. So three possibilities in that Pasuk, the monetary version of it, the Torah version of it, and then in this particular instance, a Maxi Shekel version of it. Or Tzadikim Yismach, Vener Rishaim Yidach, the light of of the righteous, so the JPS has is radiant yismach, and that's because it's opposed to the nearish yidach righteous and yidach l'shon kfitsa, jumping the shalhevet the the flame jumps and and goes out and has a problem and doesn't light well, and that's what the JPS has as well the lamp of the it is extinguished so yismach is that it will light well so this would be saying and Rashi doesn't elaborate, but this would be saying that the light of tzaddikim will be more lasting, as we saw again in the previous chapter, there are many many similar themes between the two chapters, Pasuk Yud Rak Bizadon Yitain Matzah Ve'et Noatzim Chochmar so Pasuk Yud Rashi says Rak Bizadon Yitain Matzah it's only if you're uh, if you're a sort of a wicked person if you're a wrongful person, then you look for Matzah, you look for Machlokrit Ve'et Noatzim Chochmar but the people who take Advice from other people. They don't get into machloket. They're looking for other people's opinions. They are the ones who will attain true wisdom. If somebody is has a lot of money, hon, but it might go down. So, and if but if they kovets al yad, if they gather it. Well, little by little, then they can build up a huge thing. Meaning, it might be hard to run a whole big fortune, but if you gather it little by little, then you'll grow with it. But again, Rashi reads it not only in monetary terms, but also in terms of Torah. So, if you're osig your sato chavilot chavilot, if you try to learn too much all at once, then you're going to have very little because you're going to forget it little by little, and you won't have it. So instead, kovets al yad, you gather it little by little, then you're going to gather it in a way that you'll be able to absorb it into your intellect and into your understanding and into your knowledge and then you will have the success of having a great fortune. That phrase, Kovet al-Yad, became the title of a journal which was dedicated to publishing um, I think lost manuscripts or old manuscripts or old versions of manuscripts. So it's called the Kovet al-Yad and it comes from this pasuk. So one of the I don't know if nice is the right word, one of the heartwarming aspects of even what we might call the masculic culture, even the more enlightened culture, which very often was removed from the observance of Torah and the proper service of God, but much of it nonetheless adopted phrases from Tanakh, phrases from the Gemara, and shows um, the the Jewish content of even the lesser Jewish or the less Jewishly focused aspects of our nation. And so Kovetz was an example of that. Many of the people were, in fact, personally observant, but it was an academic journal. And that academic uh, journal adopted this name. Pasuk Yudbet, Tochelet Memushacha Machala Lev, Ve'etzchayim Ta'ava Ba'a. So Tochelet Memushacha means if you're waiting for somebody to fulfill a promise, and they made a promise, and they're not fulfilling it, so it brings holy lalev, it, it makes you sick, because you're busy waiting and longing and hoping and anticipating, whereas Eitz Chayim, it is a source of life, it is a tree of life, Ta'ava Ba'a, when, when you get what you're looking for. So Rashi, though, thinks that you got to mix up the puzzle, meaning that the Tochelet, 
there's really the tochel that's going to be good for us. The, the tochel that Hashem used to wait for us until the Jewish people um, would do tshuva, and what happens is it eventually leads to machalat leiv, to us having a problem because Hashem will get tired of waiting and will punish us and things like that. But when Hashem's ta'ava comes, what we do, Hashem's ratzon, then it'll be an etzchayim. So Rashi really turns the Pesach around. I mean, the Pesach says, tochel mushacha is the machalah. The waiting is what causes the machalah, whereas when the things you want come to you, that's an etzchayim. And yet Rashi chose to understand it the other way, that the tochelet is Hashem waiting for us to do tshuva, and that is actually a source of life for us because by virtue of the fact that Hashem is waiting for us to do the right thing, to do tshuva, to repent, and to start serving Him, that leaves us with uh, with not being destroyed, not bearing the full consequences of our sins and of our negative actions. And then when Hashem's tochelet will eventually be fulfilled, then we will have eight schaims. So Rashi really turns the pasuk around, and that's what it means by mikra. Misoras pasuk yud gimel baz la davar yechavel vo lo v'yirei mitzvah hu yishulam. This is kind of a famous pasuk that a baz la davar. If you denigrate something, that will cause damage to you. Whereas if you're afraid of a mitzvah, if you have fear of a mitzvah, then who yishulam? He will be paid back. So baz la davar haboze achad medivrei Torah. Sof mit mashkin Allah is what Rashi says. Baz davar doesn't mean any matter, anything. It means within the world of Torah. And if you reject or look down on some piece of Torah, then it will come back to bite you eventually. It will come back to hurt you. Uh, but somebody who is afraid of mitzvot and has proper fear and awe of mitzvot, they will get reward. And then he quotes a Midrash Tehillim that tells the story of Dov and HaMelech. Dov and HaMelech wondering why God had created insanity. And then Hashem says, you're going to need it one day. There's a whole series of magicians like that in which David Melech is un, is not comprehending why Hashem made this or that. There's a story with the spider, a story with a bee, and here a story with insane people. In each case, Baz Ladavar Yechavela will need it and will have a problem with its lack and and therefore will come to understand its necessity. But if you have the proper fear and awareness of mitzvot and concern with mitzvot, then you will uh, get your proper and full reward. The Torah that Chacham has is a source of life. Rashi says, So in Rashi's reading, the Pasuk is saying, that the Torah that we learn, it's not just about getting close to Hashem, knowing how to get close to Hashem, having a spiritual relationship with Hashem, and all those things. It is in Mekor Chaim, it also teaches you the right way to live, it also teaches you the right way to get around, or away from, uh, traps and dangers and things like that. Pasuk Tervav, Seichel Tov Yitin, Chaim V'derech Bogudim Itan. So the proper intellect, the proper use of it, your intellect, good sense, wins favor. Whereas the ways of treasured men is unchanging, is what the is what the JPS has. Our has unchanging. Then they suggest maybe it means harsh. So Rashi has more of the harsh version. It creates problems where it is difficult for him and for other people as well. So the treacherous path is not only that it's wrong, it's also difficult. That's another sub-theme of Mishli in general, but of Rashi uh, as well, that the problem with with evil is not only that it's bad and wrong, but it's also difficult and has bad consequences for the people themselves. Meaning, 
you could argue, let's suppose I told you, living an evil life will produce good health and wealth and happiness, but after you die, Hashem will punish you for everything you've done wrong. There's still an argument that that's evil and you shouldn't do it. It's wrong. It, it will distance you from Hashem. Hashem put you on this world for certain things and not for other things, etc. But that is not the attack that Mishle has been taking. Mishle has been much more focused on saying, no, that it's wrong and that it will bite you and that it will destroy you and that it will be hard for you. And that's Derek Bogdim Eitan, that living that kind of a life is very difficult for that person and for all those around him or her. Pazik Zayin, Kol Arum Uchsil so the Arum, the proper, clever, wise person, um, will act with Da'at, whereas a Ksil will do it in a silly way and will not understand what he's doing. And he's going to spread Yveled silliness. And Rashi contrasts Davin HaMelech with Achash Verosh. Um, in that, Davin HaMelech, when he gets older, the Pasuk tells us that he's looking for a woman because they thought that that would, he- that would help him be warm in a way that he was unable to be warm, whereas Achashverosh was just looking for a wife to replace Vashti, but Rashi points out, David looks for one, and since it's one, he's going to pick one, whoever that is will be that one. Whereas Achashverosh decides to take every single Betula in the kingdom, so people would hide her, their daughters because they knew that the, the odds are were slim, their daughter would be chosen to be the queen herself, and then she'd be stuck as a concubine, as a Bilegesh, forever in the king's harem, in the harem of the concubines. So people would try to hide their daughters. So that, according to Rashi, is what the Pasuk is talking about. Now, Rum does it bidat so that he has the best chance of getting the best results. So if David wants the best bitula, whatever that would mean, but he wants the best candidate to share his bed, to be the one to keep him warm, he does tomorrow because he says, I'll only pick one, and we'll look at them all, and we'll figure them out, and then we'll take one, and all the rest will be free to go. Whereas Akash shoots himself in the foot, as it were. In this case, Hashem wants it to be Esther, so it's Esther. But So he gets what he wants out of it, but but in his search... He did it the wrong way because everybody's going to try to avoid it because there was so much damage to the losing. Because if you lost, you were still stuck in the king's palace as a concubine. Malach Rasha means an evil messenger, an evil angel will fall in their evil. And whereas it's Siramunim, a proper messenger or faithful messenger will be. Marpei could be healing to himself or healing to others. So that's the JPS says his harm befalls a wicked messenger, whereas a faithful courier brings healing to, to others, not just to himself. And Rashi uses this post to con- contrast for us Bilam to Moshe Rabbeinu. Bilam is a negative messenger. He gets frustrated. He doesn't succeed at destroying the Jewish people. And then he gives advice to uh, Balak to say, you know, if you lure the Jews into sexual impropriety, they'll be destroyed. So by virtue of the fact that he was a Malach Rasha, that he misused his knowledge of God and his um, and his awareness of God and his prophecy, he misused it and therefore he dies by the sword. Whereas Moshe Rabbeinu, who was a Tzir Munim, a faithful messenger, he brings healing not just to himself, but to the Jewish people as a whole. Pati Yurchet, Reish Vekalon, Porea Musar, Rashi reads it as these things which is poverty and embarrassment come to those who are who get rid of admonishment another example of the stress on the ability to accept discipline and accept uh, the rules that are put on them by somebody outside of them whereas one who takes reproof one who takes and accepts it and learns from it they will get 
honor and reward eventually. Pasuk Yutet Ta'ava Niyat Erev Lanefesh V'tu'avat Kesilim Sur Meira Ta'ava Niyat Erev Lanefesh When you get your Ta'ava it's very pleasant to your soul whereas Kesilim hate hate um turning away from evil. So what is the ta'ava that is te'erav l'nefesh? Um, so kishabat ta'avato Rashi says um, that, that that that's why it, that this is all the puzzle about the ksilim. That's why they don't want to give up on doing evil because they enjoy just doing what they want. That pleasure of doing what you want is the challenge of getting out of being a ksil or an avil. Another possibility Rashi says is that Hashem has a ta'ava the Jew should do what he wants, and when Hashem gets that ta'ava, it's very pleasant, as it were, for Hashem, whereas Rishayim don't want to leave it, and then that would be a Pasuk split, meaning two ways to read the Pasuk in Rashi. One way is to read the whole Pasuk about Rishayim, and it explains the very nature of Resha. It explains the very nature of evil. The very nature of evil is that it is pleasant for a person's soul to do what they want and to fulfill their desires, and therefore Kisilim hate it, and that's what they do, and that's how they become Kisilim. The other possibility is that no, the pleasantness is that Hashem should get what Hashem wants, and that's pleasant for everybody, and that would be that we keep mitzvos. Problem is that Kisilim have a hard time because they have a hard time rejecting or giving up or not doing whatever they want. Rokisilim meaning if you hang out with Kisilim and to be friends with them, so then you yourself are going to Yeroa will mean uh, in the JPS it means uh, come to grief. Rashi has a year old states, which means we'll be struck down in some way, um, and that's a question of the kind of company you keep. And I wonder about that, because I don't see a lot of people who focus their friendships or focus who they choose to hang out with by virtue of whether they think they're chachamim or not. And yet that's what Mishle is saying exactly. If you make sure that your friendship circles are those who are people of good sense and who follow the Torah and follow the ways of wisdom. And the ways of wisdom are not the same thing as common sense. And the ways of wisdom are not the same thing as common niceness. The ways of wisdom are the ways of wisdom. So those people will grow and gain in their wisdom. And whereas people who hang out with Ksilim, and we just had a definition of Ksilim, at least according to Rashi, Ksilim, one aspect of Ksilim was that they're unable to control themselves. And they're unable, they find it extremely difficult. They hate uh, abandoning their evil ways and searching for the right way. And I wonder about that. I wonder how many people we know uh, who spend their time and their lives searching for the right and the good ways to go? I don't know. Uh, I don't know that many people who do such a thing. Okay, so pasuk chaf aleph, chataim yeshalem tov. You know, I feel like I might have cut off pasuk chaf very quickly. I got a call in the middle and I stopped the tape. But I think uh, that I've made my major point about choosing our friends, choosing our social circles by those who will uplift us and avoiding kisilim, the definition of them being people who just enjoy indulging their various appetites and indulging in whatever they want to do. So Rashi has Adam Rasha Rish Ato that evildoers their sins um, chase them. Their evil chases them until they themselves get destroyed. So that's another example of that whole idea that that rishut, that evil, is not punished by Hashem. It is, but it's not so much that it's punished by Hashem as as that it is it's, it's self-defeating. It's self-punishing. Whereas tzaddikim are eventually self um, are eventually self-fulfilling and self and positively fulfilling. 
פסוק כ"ב, טוב ינחיל בני בנים וצפון לצדיק חיל חוטא. טוב ינחיל בני בנים, will be able to bequeath his goodness and his merits and his money to his grandchildren, whereas a chotei will eventually give his stuff over, not to his kids and his grandchildren, not to make a legacy, rather it will be taken over by righteous people, and the example of that would be that Mordechai, the Rashi gives, is that Mordechai takes over Beit Haman. So another example of this whole idea that it may... It may be within historic time as opposed to personal time, but that at some point what happens with evildoers is that they lose all of their stuff and it goes to the righteous around them, whereas righteous people get to bequeath their legacies and their monies and all of their goodness to the generation that come after them who then have the right and the ability and the responsibility to, con- to continue their uh, family legacies good ways. Rav Ochel Nirashim, the JPS has it as the tillage of the poor yields much food. Rav Ochel Nirashim, the Yesh Nispeh, but substance is swept away for lack of moderation, below Mishpat, without moderation. So Rashi says that it's Al Yudin Nir Anashim Dalim. By virtue of poor people, you can get a lot of grain in the world. Now, in in the sense of grain, it doesn't seem to make so much sense. So Rashi says, Rashi takes it out of that, meaning there have been other occasions where we've seen Rashi speak about about the literal meaning as if it's true. Here, it doesn't seem to be true. Whereas, in the metaphorical sense, in the Mishle sense, that you have a lot of Torah that comes out of the Talmidim, who are the poor. Why are they poor? Because they don't know as much as their Rebbeim. But, in teaching and in learning from them, we always say, we learn a lot from our students. Those who teach Torah learn from their students. So Rashi says that's exactly right. When they are when they are studying together and going over it and delving into it, so much grain comes out of it. Whereas, uh, what does that mean? There are a lot of them that leave the world because they don't act properly. So, so that even though they may have contributed to this Torah discussion, they may not get everything out of it they could have. And then again, this one he takes back into the monetary sense that there are people who lose their money and lose their grain because they don't give the right tithes from it, they don't give the right gifts to the poor as they were supposed to, and therefore that would be a reason of Mishpat. And then he says, Rabbutainu tells in Chagiga Zuman Chagiga, that the Shluchu Shlamalachamavet sometimes can make up name for name and kill somebody whose time wouldn't really come. And if that happens, then, then Rashi says, but that doesn't make sense. Right? Yesh is Pebble Lemishpat. The Gemara Chagiga says that those kinds of things can happen as well, but then Rashi says it doesn't fit with the beginning of the Pasuk. But the Gemara Chagiga is worth paying attention to because it does come into a question that especially today, I hear people ask a lot. I've always quoted the Rambam, but this Gemara Chagiga fits with that as well, the question of whether or not death is always directly from Hashem in the sense that it means Hashem has decided your time is up and you're wrong and you don't deserve to die. So this Gemara at least suggests that it might be true that there might be people who die and it's not their right time or they're not their necessarily foreordained time and yet it can just happen. So that whole question of whether death can come early or not is one for another time, but it comes up here because Rashi put it in as a possibility. That's not Rashi's general way of reading the Pasuk. His general re- way of reading the Pasuk is to say, especially in Torah, that there are those who can produce and give to a lot of Torah even though they are themselves poor and in poverty, but they might not get themselves all the benefits of it because they might die Torah-wise, not in their right time. Also, at least for the second half of the Pasuk, you might say 
that they don't produce a lot of grain because they haven't given the right tithes and the right matnot on the puzzle of Dalet, that if you love your child, you discipline them. This is a recurring theme within this chapter. We've seen it several times. And in the previous chapter, the discipline is not a question of meanness and abusiveness. It's a question of finding the proper way to raise a child so they can learn how to behave and how to act and what they need to do. And that's if you don't discipline your child, it's actually a form of abuse and a form of of disgust and a form of hatred for them because you're not giving them the right tools that they need in order to be able to succeed. So Tzadik eats, and this is a puzzle the Ramam jumped on and, and quotes a lot and speaks about, but the Rashi doesn't do very much with it, but that um, Tzadik will feel full very much more quickly. And he'll feel full quickly because he only eats for the purpose of keeping himself alive and keeping himself healthy. Whereas the Rasha, the the belly of the wicked is empty. It's very hard for them to feel full because they're eating for the purpose of just satisfying their various physical desires and therefore it's going to be harder for them to feel full and therefore they won't live the kind of life that is being recommended in these psukim. Okay, so hopefully this was a less rushed and a uh, still a productive day but less rushed and more clear in terms of the major themes of tochacha, of rebuke, in terms of the value of admonishment, the difference between a tzaddik and a rasha, the questions of self-control, the values of self-control, the issues of company and society and company that we keep, and these are all issues that will come up again in Mishlei at other times, and we will, God willing, continue in the coming chapters. Have a great day.